the resilience that I gleaned from having three knee surgeries in college. I think about what I endured to get back to compete and how that intestinal fortitude plays a role in an industry where while there are more women than ever in sports broadcasting, we're still only fractional. And there were very few when I started doing it. I'd have gotten eaten alive. Welcome to your mom. Your mom podcast. Your mom's podcast. This isn't any podcast. This is your mother's podcast. My mom's podcast. Nah, dude, she's your mom. With Ashley Addison and Lisa McCaffrey. Your mom is a podcast. Shut up, dude. Welcome to your mom. It is our first podcast in the best month of the year, the month of May. So we will start with a kind PSA. Mother's Day, people, is less than two weeks away. So if you haven't made plans for the special moms in your life, mm-hmm. pause this podcast, schedule whatever you want. Get on the Tiffany's website and start ordering what you should be ordering for, uh-huh. you know. Diamonds are great. Diamonds. The person that gave birth to you. Never fail. Crazy, but I don't know. She gave birth to you. Go watch some birthing videos and then get the present. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Pause this. Go watch some birthing videos and then come on back. And then order a present. Oh, we have some special content all month long, which I'm really excited about to include interviews with our own mothers. We've had a lot of people ask us when we're going to have our own moms on. Well, guess what? That is coming next week and the week after. You will hear from Big Mama and my mother, Grandma Annie. You guys are in for a treat with both of those. Amazing. Um, I guess I should say, in case you've just found us, welcome. We're so excited to have you. By quick way of introduction, I'm Ashley Adamson, sports broadcaster for 15 years and a mother to two young children, and my better half, Lisa McCaffrey, who has raised four amazing adult sons who are all going to get her diamonds for Mother's Day. Diamonds. I want, I want your boys to listen to this. Diamonds for Mother's Day. You can't go wrong, guys. 100%. Um, but I just want to say, before we totally dive into this, I, I want to brag on you for one second. What? People that know you know you well, that you are a stud athlete, big-time soccer player, first woman to receive a full-ride soccer scholarship to Vanderbilt. You didn't go there. You actually went to Stanford, uh, played four years. And everyone wants to know where your son, Christian McCaffrey, gets his speed. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to say... You ran a four eight forty when you were pregnant. That came out the other day. So, <laughs> I I'm just saying, hats off to you, all of 49ers fans. It is Lisa McCaffrey who you have to thank. Every touchdown Christian get, Christian makes, I'm become a better soccer player. Yes, that's how it works. It's exactly <laughs> how it works. Uh, and I bring all of that up because the conversation we are having today centers around the importance of sports for young girls and and the impact that playing any sport at any level has on your life. And you think about the doors that sports open for you, not to mention all the things that you learn um, from just being part of that atmosphere. So before I introduce our guest, I want to ask you a really high level question that I realized I've never asked you, but how did sports change your life, Lisa? Oh, wow. Um, Ooh, that's, that's a heavy, it's a big one. We're starting with the heavy hitters. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, it definitely helped me get into um, college. That's first and foremost. Um, so I appreciate it more than anything for that reason. But aside from that, probably even, even better, it taught me how to support other females and get along with other females and root for them. And then they would root for me. And I just, before that, I just, I didn't feel that, you know, you're just kind of in school and I had friends mind you, but this was like a whole team. We all had the same goal we're striving for. And it was just, I remember feeling like this is something special. That's why I gravitated to team sports. I don't know. You'll hear in my mom's interview moving forward that I played a lot of tennis. I didn't enjoy tennis as much because it was an individual sport. And, and the other thing that I've kept with me that has saved my life is fitness. I've run, I run, you know, and that's, that's my, my piece, my, my calming and my getting back to myself. And I appreciate that. And I think sports sort of spearheaded that I've always wanted to, you know, stay in shape and be healthy. I feel like when I'm in shape, I'm happier. Totally. And I think just, you know, and and I would just add to that when I think about what sports has done for my life and I didn't play at the level that you did, but it is fundamental to every single thing that I do in my career right now, in the world that I have, the reason that I know you, Um, I have sports to thank for that. So I I am really excited for this conversation today. And I'll start this intro of our guests by saying that I get asked the same question all the time when I tell people what I do for a living. They say, oh, when did you know you wanted to do that? When did you know you wanted to be a sports broadcaster? And I don't really have a great answer to that question other than 
that I love sports and I knew I was never going to be able to play them professionally. But I can say without question, because it was it's a poignant memory in my mind, the first person I saw on TV who opened my eyes to that dream was Bonnie Bernstein. She was she was that person for me. I remember, I think it was an NFL game and I just I'm like, oh my God, first of all, that's the best name ever. Bonnie yeah. Bernstein, like mm-hmm. hell of a name. And she is someone who I just totally looked up to. And I thought, wow. And she just had such command and confidence and ease. And she asked great questions. Yep. And she was really the first woman I saw on TV that I was like, oh my gosh, that's a thing that you can go do. So wow. she, her accolades are ridiculous. Like she was yes. named one of the most accomplished female sportscasters in history by the American Sportscaster Association. She worked for ESPN and CBS, I think for over two decades. Um, I know she covered Ed when he was wow. winning Super Bowls. That's probably Broncos. her highlight. Yeah, that's got to be. We'll ask her. Yeah, when she comes on. Um, but she was an All-American gymnast at Maryland. And I found out when I was talking to her last night that she is also a classically trained pianist. So she has this total musical background. She, said she almost went to Juilliard. Pianist. 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 Yes, pianist. <laughs> Watch Thank how you, you. say it. That's, that's a good one to enunciate. Thank you. Yes, yes, yeah, properly. Oh, but she's done so much. And, yes, and I think is. the thing that she's so done helpful. lately, um, her latest project is what we're going to talk to her about, which every parent, and the reason we're having her on, because every parent and every young girl, if we have any of those listening, uh, you need to know about the work that she's doing and some of the um, data that has come out through this series. So she just came out with a 10-part Audible original series called She Got Game, Inspiring Women inspired by sports. And the premise of the show is to showcase the role that sports have played in the lives of high achieving women. And there's some incredible data that she's uncovered that kind of is is uh, the theme of what she's trying to uncover. And I think Bonnie's angle and goal in doing this content specifically is unique. So I'm super excited to talk to her about it. That is enough from me. Let's welcome in the one and only Bonnie Bernstein, born in Brooklyn, New York, now living in New York City. Bonnie, it is great to have you on. Thanks for making the time. Ashley, Lisa, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. I I was so excited, and I am so excited to talk to you about your latest endeavor, but we were laughing when we were catching up on the phone last night because I was remembering how we originally met, and I just told the story about how you were (laughs) the first person I saw on TV where I realized, oh my gosh. That is a that is a job that you that I could have, and I you remember watching you. you. Believe it or not. Yes, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was like, "This is this is a thing." So <laughs> we got connected a little over a year ago. Our dear mutual friend Kate Scott, who's the voice of the Sixers, who she always talks about, you were her day one mentor. She called and she said, "Do you want to do a project with Bonnie Bernstein?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Hell yeah, I want to do a project with Bonnie Bernstein. Like whatever it is, yes, anything." Uh huh. And, and I. <laughs> It ended up being one of the most hilarious, wonderful days of my life. Random. So random. I'm in a synagogue in the East Bay doing a fake sports (laughs) show for a bar mitzvah (laughs) with Bonnie Bernstein. And I'm like looking around and I'm like, this I didn't have this on my career bingo card for sure. No. (laughs) I'll tell you what, I didn't either, but those those private projects are what got me through the pandemic. So and and you and I were laughing last night. I can just shut it all down and create a whole cottage industry about doing remote production bar mitzvahs. <laughs> no way. How many have you done? One. Oh, think about it. What a good one. Now well, we've got the blueprint. Lisa, we created a studio show. We had a nice. whole virtual studio design. No we had Ashley. We had a couple of other broadcasters from the Bay Area. It looked just like NFL Countdown with yarmulkes. It was <laughs> your mouth. Ashley totally crushed it. She, she interviewed the young man who was oh. celebrating and she just like, she went up and she gave him the ambush treatment. Oh she yeah. Was interrogating him. It was, it was so awesome. So I assume he made, he was the MVP of the whole bar oh, league or the C bar the season. offensive MVP. He was always, he was also the defensive MVP. Most improved. Most yeah. improved. One of his siblings attacked him on like, well, I mean, so it was, it was everything you could not. Why was I not there? That sounds I, like a blast right up my was, alley. Oh. It, it may be a great, I think you're right. I think there is a whole other, for people listening to this, I, I just, Bonnie was incredible. And I just remember driving away, being shaking my head, laughing, being like, what the hell just happened? That was an incredible do? day. So we will yeah. have memory forever. Uh, so yes, good. And you know what? He will too. He yes. will too. Yes, he will. Because yes, he will. he's probably here watching the video right now. He had family from all over the globe no. oh. tuning in. So it was um 
we made a wow. family happy, Ash. Like we yeah. did. And it was, it was, and it was a full circle moment for me because like I said, Bonnie, I just, I think the world of you and what you've done and how you've gone about your business and now what you're doing now. So let's talk about this because yeah. you were the creator, executive producer, and you did the music and sound design, which we're going to get to in a second because that blows my mind, but it's, yeah. it's a 10 part audible series. And let's start with the high level question that I know is the one that, that is the most important to answer when you're doing something like this. Who's the audience and what's the message? Well, the premise of it is shining a light on celebrities, industry, industry leaders, and world-class athletes whose common bond is that they all played sports growing up. Now, Layla Ali, Sean Johnson, you know those women as supreme athletes, which you may not realize is that they've gone on to create extraordinary businesses for themselves. The audience is, you would think, because it's inspiring inspiring to girls and young women who are playing sports, you would think that's the audience. But Ashley and Lisa, I think it's it's broader than that. I My hope is that this is a family audio series that everybody listens to together. And I think it's critical for girl moms and girl dads because it fosters a different type of conversation about the power of sports. When we play, and Lisa and Ashley, you were both athletes, so you know this, how many times during the course of your athletic career did you say, oh, I'm playing because I'm learning all of these incredible life skills, the teamwork and the leadership and the accountability? Like, I don't know about you, but I never thought yeah. about that. Um, but it's so important because while, yes, our intention when we start playing is to be competitive and hopefully win championships and MVPs and all those sorts of things, you don't need to be an elite athlete to experience all of the benefits of playing sports why that's important and why it's such a critical conversation for moms and dads to have with their girls who are playing is that even though we have so much to celebrate about how title nine title nine has advanced opportunities for girls in sports there are still so many girls and young women who are leaving sports at a higher frequency and an earlier age than boys for lots of different reasons but this sort of storytelling empowers parents to say, and guardians and grandmas and grandpas to say to the girls in their lives, stay and play as long as you can, because what you're gleaning from that experience will be so much more valuable off the field when you grow up and you have to go out and get a job than even what you're experiencing on the field. Yeah. And it's hard to make that connection, I think, sometimes. Because, like, to your point, I don't know, Lisa, were you, when you were, you know, scoring, like, 50 goals every season in high school in, in Miami? 58. Yeah. Sorry, I apologize. 58 goals <laughs> per season in Miami. Yeah. Uh, that's not something, you're not thinking about the long term. You're th Maybe it's, right. okay, I can get a college scholarship, and obviously that is fundamentally right. crucial, but... It, it's you're right, Bonnie. Like, I don't know that that connection certainly wasn't made in my No, brain. it wasn't until I reflected after that I, that I realized the benefits. You what know, was, was that seminal of... moment for you, Lisa? Like, do you remember when it really kicked in, when you found yourself leaning on a life skill that you gleaned from all those years playing soccer and sports that yeah. was coming in handy? Uh, no, I told Ashley earlier, um, I said, I learned how to support women and I reap the benefit of women supporting me. We were on a team, it was teamwork, and I just learned how to champion each other. And I, I didn't have that skill prior. I was kind of grew up as a little bit of an only child. My brothers and sisters are growing up. So I didn't have that sharing and that rooting for each other. I didn't have somebody rooting for me and, and, and me rooting for them. And I, I felt that, and you just feel like a, a common bond. I learned how to be a teammate and a better team player. That was what I, that's the main thing I took away. And I, I appreciate that. And obviously having a family and, um, you know, having friends, you just, you learn how to uh, appreciate each other. And that always comes back to you tenfold. So, and you know, it's interesting too. So one of our guests is Sheila Johnson, who is the first black female billionaire. She's the only woman to have ownership stakes in three pro sports teams. They're all DC based, the mystics, the wizards and the capitals. And she co-founded BET. She's in the ownership space wow. now in sports. And she's the founder and CEO of this amazing luxury hotel resort management group. And we were talking and I said, for somebody who hires as many people as you do, what happens when you come across a resume of a, a young woman, whatever age, and you see that she played sports? How does that impact where she lands on the pile of legit prospects? And she said, 
no question it shoots it straight to the top. Because when you are considering hiring a former athlete, and you know, we we're specifically talking about women here, but it's also applicable to men. When you see that somebody is a former athlete, you know what you're getting. You know they're going to be a good teammate. You know they're going to be organized. You know they're going to be accountable. You know they're going to be coachable. You know they're going to be resilient. You know they're going to they're going to put a framework around failure because failure is such a critical part of our success as athletes in a different way than had you not played sports. And so there are all of these unknown variables when you are in a hiring position, you have the interview, you think it's gonna be a good person, but you never know. You're putting yourself in a better position to hire someone you know will be a good fit if you see on their resume that they were an athlete. And a lot of people in, in having conversations about the series, they've said, oh my gosh, I never thought about it. Like a woman I spoke with, um, after a speaking engagement, she said, my daughter, not only did her daughter play in a high school state championship team, but she was the captain of the basketball team and wow. it wasn't on her resume. And she was like, oh gosh, I never thought about it. I'm like, it's absolute. You have to do it. So it's, it's important to have these conversations because we're, we're talking about sports in a different way that we're not accustomed to, but in a way that reaches a much broader audience, because while we want to put the elite athletes on a pedestal, most of us can't really relate to that level of skill. Right. <laughs> and, exactly. even, and, one more, and I would also add giving your all, like pushing your body, pushing yourself to the limit to, you know, to how far you can go. And that is, that gives you a lot of confidence. And so you're bringing in a person who has done that at, you know, probably playing sports and then hopefully they can apply it to, you know, their work then moving forward. Yeah. And I'll take that even one step further. So Chelsea Clinton was one of the people we talked to. And I asked Chelsea how she would describe herself as an athlete. She said, endless levels of energy and enthusiasm, not always matched by talent. And the moral of that story is you can work your tail off. You can be the best teammate you can possibly be, but sometimes you're not going to win and that's okay. You're still getting extraordinary benefits from putting in the work, understanding the power of a strong work ethic, regardless of wins and losses. Mm -hmm. and, and Bonnie, I think one of the critical things in this, and you've kind of made the point, but I want to underscore it, is that it's not just about, for the parents listening to this, it's not that your kid has to go play, you know, soccer at Stanford. It's not that you have to go play, you know, be a all-American all gymnast at Maryland like yourself. It is about being able to play, even if it's at the recreational level, those, the lessons and the things that you learn from playing a team sport at any level for as long as you can is so critical. And you mentioned when we were chatting last night, this Ernst & Young, I think, your ESPNW study, yeah. that shows it's, and make sure that I've got this right, 94% of female C-suite executives were athletes in their youth. That's I mean, right. that is an unbelievable number. Sign your daughters up right now. <laughs> Sign your daughters up right yeah, for now. For real. <laughs> and here's the encouraging thing. So now we are five decades into Title IX. So you have more and more girls and women who have experienced the benefits of sports and are now leaders. The more female C-suite leaders there are, the greater likelihood they will be hiring women under them. So when we look at the broader effect of Title IX, the skill sets we glean as athletes and how they empower us to be at the very highest levels of corporate America or entrepreneurs or founders or whatever it is that you're doing, it points to a really encouraging trend that, you know, and, and we could have a much bigger discussion, which we won't have time for, about how companies distribution platforms, brands are leaning into women's sports now in a way that we've never mm -hmm. seen before. Yes. I mean, like look no further than the attendance records and the ratings records that were shattered for the NCAA women's tournament. But the more women we have in the cycle, the more we're gonna be able to shake things up, shatter more of those glass ceilings, break more of those boundaries. And by sharing these stories through She Got Game, it shares in a really powerful way what the possible looks like. And we always say that with girls. If they see it, they know they can do yeah. it and be it. Right. Beautifully said. Okay, so Lisa and I, real quick, Lisa and I are both, we, we love music. And I, I would say, I don't want to speak for Lisa, 
we do not have the background in music that you have. So I am so, as someone who like gets behind the weeds and wants people to understand what it takes to produce, and, and you said it perfectly, it is a, what did you call it? An audio experience, like your podcast. In my head, show. that's. It is though. And you, you did all, you produced it yourself. It is so different than what Lisa and I are doing here, which is we have guests on and we go back and forth and talk and we cut out, you know, a little bit of the ums. And if Lisa swears too many times, I'll try and take out some of her F-bombs. But other than that, <laughs> it is what it is. My face. Your, it, I was listening to Amy Trask's interview this, this morning, which I just absolutely love her and was learning a lot of things about her that I didn't know. But the music and the way that you weave in the story, it's it's beautiful. It's like an audio documentary in some yeah. ways. So how did you like just give give people a little bit of behind the scenes? Yeah, of so first you, you were color. you were an incredibly accomplished gymnast, and then you're also a like basically a concert pianist. There's what? a whole other there's a whole other there's side so of me. Much this is why there. I have like a low-key obsession with Condoleezza Rice, who oh, I yeah. like. Me too. Oh, insane. That's why I wanted Christian to go to Stanford so bad. And I got to meet her and I'm done. I'm, I can yeah. check out now. I mean, it's like, yeah. I, I call it low key. It's actually really not low key. At all. It's yeah. legit. The, only, the first time I interviewed her was the only oh. time. And, you know, when you're broadcasting for 30 years, you're fortunate enough to be able to like cover all the big games. The only time outside of doing my sister's bridesmaid <laughs> speech, uh, speech for her wedding, the only time I've been nervous doing an interview. Um, but so Condoleezza Rice, concert pianist, I'm not as good no. as she was, but I'm a classically trained pianist. I played no. three different instruments growing up. I played in four bands in high school. And so music has always been something that's really important to me. And in trying to figure out, because y'all know there are legitimately a million podcasts out there, I wanted to try to do a couple of things that would hopefully differentiate it. Um, one of it was having something that was bigger than two talking heads. And so it really is a fully produced, what I affectionately call audio experience, because I put so much work into it, but there's full sound design and there's music. And, and the music piece is really intricate because if you're using music the right way, it creates mood, it facilitates transition, it punctuates really yeah. special parts of the storytelling. So there was that, and then there was also the sound design. Now, Amy is an incredible storyteller. Like you just need to press the go button and, and she goes, and to date she's the only woman to ever serve as an NFL CEO. So her accolades speak for themselves. I've known Amy for 20 years, and it wasn't until I started telling her about this series, she's like, oh, I learned teamwork from a horse. I said, what? what? I had no idea she was an equestrian. Wow. It is, it's, it's one of my favorite episodes it's, because you would never put those two together. And, and I'm not going to ruin it for those of you yep. who are kind enough to listen, but the way she describes that and her relationship with her horses is just astounding. But she is sharing, you know, her love for horses and she's talking about, you know, she loves picking up the hay and all those sorts of things. So that's a great example of where there was an opportunity to do some nice sound design. So you hear the clip clop of the horses and chewing the hay and the birds tweeting and trotting and also those sorts of things. And so my hope is that listeners are able to feel like they're immersed in, in this special type of storytelling and, and music is such a big part of it. And the other thing, Ashley, that we talked about is, you know, I want as many little girls to play sports as is possible. The biggest barrier to entry is cost. And so Audible was kind enough, and this is the other big differentiator, to make donations to four different youth sports organizations to empower girls to play. So, you know, in trying to figure out, okay, with the million podcasts out there, what will be a little bit different? What will hopefully be memorable about that? The music design, the sound design, and the philanthropic component, um, Hopefully they'll like the stories too. <laughs> it's yeah. it, and it, it you and I, I you're right. I don't want to spoil it, but I just I am gonna we'll link to in our show notes um, a couple of the specific Thank you. episodes that you talk about because it is it's it's amazing and it's beautiful and I just I know or at least I can imagine the hours of work that each one of these stories from beginning to end took. So thank you for telling them and pouring okay. yourself into it and doing yeah. everything that you did. I, there was kind of two follow-ups on this that I want to ask. When you mentioned that uh, one of the biggest barriers to entry is cost, 
Uh, and then you also mentioned that girls are leaving sports. And I think that a lot of people and where I sit and where Lisa is and we're involved and entrenched in sports as a way of life, I, that is, it can be surprising to me like that. I thought, oh, well, there's never been more opportunity now. There's never been more coverage of women's sports. There's never been more support. And yet that isn't the reality everywhere. So what, what, what is the reason or what are some of the reasons why girls are getting out of sports or even, you know, as you mentioned, not even getting started? There are lots of them. Some of the, the obvious ones are, even though there are more opportunities than ever, there's still inequity when it comes to scholarships. There's still, I mean, you think about, we finally have a successful professional basketball league in the WNBA, but I think there were two or three attempts before the NBA finally said, okay, we're gonna put our money and our resources behind it to make this league work. So there's the lack of professional opportunities there are things that are very specific to girls when you go through puberty and your body changes and you're not a, I went through this with gymnastics. Like I shot up, my body started changing. My center of gravity was completely off. I, I actually left gymnastics for a year before I ultimately went back and, and wound up competing in college. But yeah. I, I think the most startling thing for those of us who were raised on the coasts is that there is still a huge stigma against girls playing sports. If you look at historically, part of the reasoning why women for at one, were at one time forbidden to play sports is that there was a concern that playing sports, that, that level of physical activity would mess with a woman's reproductive system. And you know, our main job in life is just to pop out kids. So there is that, there is the notion that looking masculine is not attractive. There is the notion that if you play sports that, you know, boys won't like you. So there are all of these different social stigmas that are still a real thing in America. And so while we can talk till the cows come home about all of the incredible benefits, depending on, you know, we talk all the time, we are all a product of our environment. If you grow up in an environment where people aren't big on you playing sports and your mother didn't play, you didn't have women in your family who play, you don't have women in your life modeling what that looks like and you may not play. So it's um, there, there are lots of different reasons, but hopefully we will be giving you all of the reasons to play. Yes. If you have the chance to listen to She Got Game. No, I think, yeah, those are, I mean, it's, and again, hearing it, I'm like, you know, because it's, yeah, my perception of what it was. And when you were were talking about this last night, it was just kind of blowing my mind. And, and obviously it is very real. And then you talk about what sports can do for young women and confidence is such a critical thing. I think that is when I think about the biggest thing that I took away, that was, that was one of it. That was one of the things is the the confidence piece. Um, So what's the next, we put out this amazing audio experience, 10 part series. What is the next iteration? Because I know this is a cause and a kind of a calling for you, Bonnie, if I can call it that, that is near and dear to your heart. So how do you, what's, what's next for you in this, in this area? Well, we're sort of in wait and see and exploring lots of conversations. I feel very, very fortunate that there's just been an outpouring of support from platforms, from brands, from people who have an expertise in building companies. And so I'm just starting to explore what possibly expanding this could look like. So, you know, for me, part of the hope in creating She Got Game Inspiring Women Inspired by Sports is to build a community and build a different type of community. There are lots of communities out there where there are women supporting other women, women supporting other women playing sports. But having a broader conversation about the power of playing, the benefit of playing long afterwards, just by virtue of what Sheila Johnson said about when she's looking at resumes, if you know there's a better chance you're going to get hired if you played sports, like that's meaningful at a time when it's still an extraordinarily competitive marketplace when women are out there trying to get jobs. So, you know, we're in the very early stages of exploring what um, a bigger brand can look like and fingers crossed if there's another if there's another season of the series you'll know it's going well <laughs> <laughs> good i hope there is yeah, yeah. thank Big you time. yeah wow i gotta ask you bonnie when you think back on your career um and i know you have been a mentor to so many people we mentioned kate scott at the top 
you have helped me immensely in some of the conversations that we've had. Oh, Ashley, um, with her bar mitzvah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Now that I know that I've got another career track uh, <laughs> waiting for me, that was you opened my eyes to that as well. Um, when when you look back, because people always say, "Oh, Bonnie Bernstein," they call you a trailblazer, and they that you look at your list of accolades and all these things that you've done throughout your career, and now you you know you've transitioned and are and have this very purpose driven mindset of what is next. When you look back, what, what do you wish you could go back and tell like 23 year old Bonnie? What, what are some of those things that as you look back, you wish someone had told you when you first started out? Mm, that's interesting. Lots of things. Because <laughs> when I was hired by ESPN, I was 24 years old. I hadn't lived enough life yet to really be able to effectively manage a situation of that magnitude. One of the most important things, which I hope is a really valuable lesson for uh, moms who are listening to this podcast, dads who are listening to the podcast, who are constantly having conversations with their daughters and their kids, really, this isn't a gender thing, is the power and the significance of building your network. I was raised to believe that if you put in the work, if you are prepared, if you are passionate, if you're a good teammate, all of these doors will open. And there's a degree of that. But relationships are so critical. Whatever you can do to cultivate these relationships that enable you to be top of mind when a door is open, that will infinitely increase the likelihood that the hand is extended to you. And I just, I never had that conversation with anybody. And I truly believed it was all on me to create opportunities for myself. And then I would get passed over and I would learn in the aftermath, oh, this person was very close with so-and-so. And my initial reaction, this sounds ridiculous when I say it, but my my initial reaction was, well, why does that matter? I'm really good at what I do. And it like that would probably be the power of your network. Mm-hmm. And, and especially now, kids have the opportunity to start building their brands getting their voice out there when they're in high school. Like I have a kid I've mentored. I've mentored since high school, grew up in New Jersey, loves LSU, wanted to go to LSU, wanted to cover LSU. I said, Harrison, start writing a blog. See if you can create a sports section for your high school newspaper. And he did. And he's just absolutely crushing it. I love it. Wow. Because there's nothing that for all of the the perils of social media, there are so, so many good things. Yes. A YouTube, a blog, get on there on Snap and TikTok and Instagram and just talk about whatever's important. You never know what's going to go viral. And that in an instant can be a total game changer. So, you know, being proactive about building your brands and then also just when you're doing internships, get to know people, send handwritten thank you notes. Like that's the stuff I did always do. Um, But just like the relationship pieces. Bonnie, I just have to say, um, Ashley's been asked that question before and she has the exact same answer. You do every time I've heard you, I've heard you mentor young girls, um, Noel at the Super Bowl, everybody. And you say the same thing. So that is not. Please listen, everybody, because that is valuable. That is huge. Yeah. Because, you know, at the end of the day, especially in our industry and in many industries, demand is always going to outweigh supply. So you have to be thinking, what can I be doing to break through the static? And I know this sounds completely antiquated in 2023 to collect business cards. Like, here's something that's awesome. So when I meet somebody and I'm very intentional, for example, when I go to conferences, I, I look at the attendee list. I target a couple of people I want to meet. I, my goal is to have two or three meaningful conversations, collect a business card. If they don't have a business card, get the contact information. When I put that contact into my phone in the notes section, I will make notes about what that conversation was about. And hopefully there was something personal. And then when you go and write the handwritten, thank you note, nice to meet you, you reflect back on that conversation. Very few people do it. It is so memorable. I can't tell you how many coaches have sent me handwritten notes after I sent them handwritten wow. notes. And like, these are things that- And you remember that. You remember them. And you then- Oh my you, gosh, yes. yes. Oh You're my right. gosh, yes. Bonnie, I could do an entire podcast series with you, you guys, on this, this exact topic. This handwritten taught, thank you notes This should are, be taught in college. I'm yes, telling you. you guys, for, in broadcast, people don't do it anymore. Every, Yes, they should. People this don't is basic. do it anymore. Well, and especially, 
Talk Especially about now with NIL. NIL yes. has completely changed oh. the landscape. And, and yeah, Christian was just like, he missed that by a couple Oh, yeah, of years. trust me. He missed it. Um, but <laughs> we know, we've heard. These kids are now, whether they realize it or yeah. not, they are becoming entrepreneurs. Right. They are becoming CEOs of their own business. And, and we have always sort of lamented the perils of kids getting paid under the table and the bag men and all that crazy stuff we hear about in college football and college basketball. But, but what was poo-pooed a couple of years ago is now above board and real. And right. not only do you have to understand the financial literacy piece and putting the right people around you, but you have to figure out truly how to leverage your brand, your IP, most of these kids have no idea what intellectual property is, but it's important. Right. And that with the building relationships, these are the sorts of things. This is the type of formula that parents need to be working on with their kids to put them in a position to succeed and thrive. Like I can't, I can't emphasize yeah, it. Well, you know what? We need to start a class right now. I'm not kidding in this. Yeah. And regarding the NIL, you need to teach them about taxes. Yes. That's another should, part of it. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. There's going to be a lot of learning going on. Like, wait, I have to what? pay what now? Yeah. I already uh -huh. said that. We uh -huh. need yeah. And that's why as there's this, there's greater conversation. And there was a group of folks from Northwestern who went down this road a couple of years ago. Yes. Are student athletes going to become university employees? <laughs> the tax implications of that, that nobody's thinking about is just, you know, if anything, because what, one of the big messages that shine through in talking to all of these women for She Got Game is that it's so important to remember that at the end of the day, even though you are becoming your own business, college sports is a business. Sports is supposed to be fun. Mm. <laughs> and if we go down this road where kids are going to start becoming employees, we're totally erasing the fact that your college years, your four or five, sometimes six, seven, eight years, <laughs> or nine or 10, those are supposed yeah. to be the last years where you are really having fun before you have to go out and get a job and be a real adult. Or it becomes a job. And oh, for me, I'm like, you're robbing these kids. And I understand, I completely understand there are lots of families who are in tough financial positions. And if, their son, their daughter can monetize their name, image, and likeness and support the family. That's wonderful. I'm all about that. But there are so many different dynamics that we need to be talking about. And absolutely and educating them. Yes. Cause this is a whole new ball game. This is oh, a whole new game. Yeah. The whole, the whole bag of unintended consequences. <laughs> right. Yeah. That and is, I know that the moms thing. and dads listening to this, this yep. podcast right now, Right. are thinking about this. How do we put our son, our daughter in the best position to thrive, especially if they have a child who is gifted in athletics? Right. And, and my response to that is be very intentional about being able to draw the line between empowering your child to build a business and making sure that your child is having fun and gaining all of the positive benefits right. of playing <laughs> before they start putting the CEO hat on and earning money. And it becomes know? a job. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that, Bonnie. That is beautifully yeah, said. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah. Um, Wait, was your, more, did your mom, more, did you more, hang on one oh, second? Sorry, oh, no. okay. I was just say, did your mom teach you how to, how to write thank you notes? Is that where you first yeah. learned the craft? I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad. Both of my okay. parents are diehard sports fans. So they, they, when I said that I wanted to be a sports writer when I was little, they were like, they probably thought that was pretty cool. It, it came from my family for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, it's, you know, if you weren't sure exactly how your mom <laughs> felt about you becoming a sports writer, the good news is Lois Bernstein joins us now on the podcast. Bonnie's <laughs> mom. Hi, mom. Yes. Okay. Can you hear me? I, I got, got you. you. <laughs> I can't believe you figured this out, Lois. Way to go. Welcome, so welcome to your mom. I have my daughter to thank for all of this. <laughs> Lois, I got to say, we were just talking about um, what, what you know you thought of when your daughter said, hey, I want to go be a sports writer. I want to get into this industry. You also knew she had an amazing background in music. What, what did you think Bonnie was going to do when she grew up? What did, you, what did you hope for her? Well, I just assumed and I hoped she would go to the Juilliard School of Music. <laughs> I had no idea in my mind that she would think of anything else because in, in, in my heart, I really thought it was a gift from God. She sits down at three years old to play Mary Had a Little Lamb. 
I didn't even know where it was coming from. I was upstairs. So, yeah, I thought that she would go to the Juilliard School of Music. But now that I'm listening to all this, I shouldn't be shocked because she was with me watching sports all the time and with her father watching sports all the time. And it was good. It was good for us to be as a family to watch something that was interesting, whether she wanted to or not. What sports did you guys watch as a a family? What was your favorite? Well, I would have to say for us, it was the uh, baseball and football. For me, I expanded and went all over soccer, hockey, basketball. But basically for our family, it was baseball and football. Love it. Love and it. Mets, Mets were big in your household. Am I right about that? Mets oh, were no, big after big. the Dodgers. Mom, after how sad were you and dad when the Dodgers moved to LA? We were heartbroken. We were literally heartbroken. We had nothing. I was at that particular time more into the baseball aspect of it. But when Sandy Koufax retired, I retired from the Dodgers. So I went full blown <laughs> Mets done. fan. Uh, body was body was referring to you as her human sports ticker that you would you'd like as one of the reasons that she got into the career that she did which is ironic because you were hoping and thinking that she was going to go to Juilliard but (laughs) I I've got to ask you because so much of what we're talking about Lois is is your daughter's unbelievably amazing new series she got game and about what sports does for women so when you think about you know Bonnie as a little girl and getting into gymnastics and sports what what do you think from a mother's perspective, that gymnastics did for your daughter? She loved it. It drove her. There was a challenge every day. Uh, If anybody that knows Bonnie knows she needs a challenge. She can't become uh, just one type of person doing one type of thing. Every day must be a challenge for her. If it's not a challenge, then she has to go on to something else. And I have a feeling that's why with the music, as much as she loved it, it didn't pose a challenge to her anymore. She basically was excellent at it, but gymnastics is an everyday learning aspect. Mm-hmm. She loved it. And she loved anything that she didn't know, whether it be track and field or anything like that. She just thrived on it. So my mom's right. Music was my gift from God. I was able to pick it up very easily. I loved it. I started writing music when I was nine years old. Wow. And... I was inspired to start doing gymnastics when I watched Nadia Comaneci in the 76 Olympics. At that point, mom, mom needed to get me into something because I had so much energy. So <laughs> I started, she put, she put me in acrobatics. I started playing soccer, but, but gymnastics was really it. You know, for me, and mom didn't quite get to see this as much because I was already away at college. Yes, I always wanted to be challenged, but the intestinal fortitude the resilience that I gleaned from having three knee surgeries in college, because I blew out my ACL my freshman year. Um, Mom, mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever told you this. I may have, and I can't remember because your memory's better than mine. But, you know, after I got out of surgery, the orthopedic told me that my career might be over. And you just, you, that's not something you tell me, because as soon as you tell me I can't do something, I will i will bend over backwards. I will do whatever I can to prove you wrong. But it, it's not just about proving somebody else wrong. It's about proving to myself that I can. But I came back, made it through my sophomore year, got my knee scoped junior year, senior year. Oh, my gosh. And, I, you know, at this point, my right knee's bone on bone. It's all on the same knee. But when I think about what I needed to develop within me to come back, go through the rehab. And you got to understand that when you have your ACL done in 1989, when you get it done now, they're using a cadaver. They're putting you in a compression right away, doing range of motion to make sure that you're not losing your range. You're not building up all the scar tissue. So imagine me crutching around the University of Maryland for two months in a straight race. Yeah, that's what they used to do, which was the worst thing ever. And they didn't know it. Yeah. And so by the time they took the brace off two months later, I literally had five degrees of range of motion. There was so much scar tissue built up around my knee that our head trainer first had to break all of that. And Mm. it would be this running joke where I'd go into the training room 
Um, Sandy Worth was the name of the trainer. She's legendary. First um, female head football trainer in the history of the ACC. So I would go in every day and Sandy's eyes would light up because I, I swear this is, I, I was her form of stress release. I would come in, she would put me flat down on the training table and she would take my leg and just start cranking the ever living daylights out of it to break the scar tissue. And it was so excruciatingly so painful. painful. Yes. Oh. I think brought Sandy inordinate amounts of joy, but like, <laughs> it, it took everything in me to gain the strength I needed to go back and compete, to get over the mental challenge. And that's the whole psychosomatic piece of coming back from a major injury. Like it's just brutal. And so I think about what I endured to get back to compete and how that intestinal fortitude plays a role in an industry where while there are more women than ever in sports broadcasting, we're still only fractional. And there were very few when I started doing it. I'd have gotten eaten alive. There's no way that I would have mentally survived all of the naysayers who said, you can't, you shouldn't, girls shouldn't be talking about football. What are you doing? Wow. Go back in the kitchen, make a sandwich, which I still get today, but you know, I'm, I'm sort of over it. Um, but yeah. It's Bonnie, you'll never be president of the United States. I'm fine. Now you're going to go. <laughs> That's not a job, anybody. I'm, I'm not I know. Sure. going to, just I know what you're trying to do, the whole reverse psychology. Yeah. Right. You said that. Yeah, they kept saying no. Yeah. That's more of a thank God. I'm never going to be president of the United States. Yeah. I, Lois, when were you, when were you the most worried about your daughter? Because I think watching, watching your daughter be a trailblazer, because that's what she was um, in an industry and still is. What, what was that like as a mom? And we know fundamentally how much we all worry about our kids and it's hard to watch them go through things. When, when were you the most worried about her? As soon as I realized what she was going to be doing, it's... I was the type of a mother, it was hard for me to watch her in any event in sports. I was a nervous wreck that she'd fall off the beam. I, I, was, I had to go to the bathroom and stay there until the meet was over because I was such a nervous wreck. But You were Allie Raisman's mom. Remember her mom? She, yes. Six, remember Allie yes, I, yes. Absolutely. And when I realized she was going to be on television for everybody to see, my stomach just fell to the ground. Not that I didn't think, I knew she'd do a phenomenal job, but I didn't ever want to see her make a mistake. So I was literally, it took me a few times until I actually saw her. And then when I knew she was going to be doing the Super Bowl, I didn't know what to do with myself at that particular oh. time. I knew I had to see her. You don't want to so watch, but you have what to. She was doing. Yeah. yeah. But I was just so proud of her. I, I just knew that she would succeed, but I was nervous. Till this day, I am nervous. That's just my makeup. But I'm proud of her. As long as she's happy, as long as she loves it, that's the main thing. Because if you hate what you're doing, you're never going to be happy. So that's, That is the main thing. It, you know, but me, that is the main thing. What you would like to see a child do and what they want to do are two different things. They have to do what makes them happy. That's what made her happy. Yeah. Shocking to me. I had no yeah. idea she was even thinking about it, though. That's what shocked me. But wow. like I said, it turned out well, and I'm happy for her. Okay, well, I, I, you guys have both been generous with your time, and we want to let you get on with your days. But given that th this is the interview and the episode that is kicking off our Mother's Day coverage, I'm going to ask you, Bonnie, we'll start with you. What is the thing when you think about what Lois has done for you? And we could probably do another hour on that topic alone. But what's the message that you would want to tell your mom about what she's meant to you? Um, well, my parents mean the world to me. My parents got married very young. My mom had me in her early 20s. And we talked earlier about you only know what your life experience gives you. And I'm the first of three. And it I... I'm astounded whenever I think about how hard my mom worked at being the best mom she possibly could when she was still a kid herself, you know? And I, I think it's part of the reason why if I was going to have kids, I always wanted to wait. I wanted to have more experience behind me, but I have no idea how my mom managed to run me to gymnastics, track, music, 
all the different things I was doing. My sister and my brother were active in things and she truly has dedicated her life to creating the best version of little people <laughs> that she could. <laughs> and, and, and for that, um, I'm grateful. And I guess I can only hope that, um, I turned out in a way that she's proud of, which she claims to be. So <laughs> I, I think it's all working out. Okay. <laughs> I think you are living proof of a job well done uh, in that respect, Bonnie. Lois, we'll let you have the final word. Um, wh what would you say to your daughter? What's the thing that you admire the most about the path that she's carved for herself? I admire her guts. I, I admire everything she took off and came out on top, whether it be her schoolwork, uh, sports, music. She did it with passion. She did it with love and she tried to teach others what she has learned and I'm very very proud of what she tries to do to help others and if she's happy and she does well that's her gift to me wow oh, and I love great her to off Mother's Day I love you mom thank you for coming on <laughs> Lois, we love you. And I will just tell you, and I said it at the beginning of the podcast, your daughter changed my life because she was the first person I saw on TV. And we talk about, you hear that all the time. If you can see it, you can be it. And Bonnie Bernstein was that for me and is, is one of the biggest reasons that I got into this career that has been the biggest gift of my life. So thank you for raising such a strong, fierce, independent woman. And thank you for letting her go chase what she wanted to chase because it's impacted countless other young people. And I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day. And I hope that Bonnie got you some ridiculous present. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm sure <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we love you both. Thank you so much for coming on. And we'll link to the podcast in the, uh, I should say, the audio experience yes. in our notes. Yeah. So be sure to go oh, check yeah. out She Got Game. Yeah. Bonnie, Lois, we love you guys. Thank, thank you. you love you guys. By the way, Ashley, just let your um, listeners know, even if you love don't have you too. Okay. My mom. <laughs> um, for those of your auto for, uh, hold on. I need to, uh, um, for those of your listeners who may be interested in listening to she got game, who may not have an audible subscription, you can um, listen 30 days for free. And the cool thing is all of the episodes are pretty short. They're between 20 and 30 minutes. So you can rip through them pretty quickly. Right to the grocery store. Yes. <laughs> while, while you're driving, while you're waiting in the kid line to go pick them up from school. Or I want to, if I had little kids, I would make them listen to it. I'll be honest. I would put it on while they were in the car because they're yeah. amazing. Amazing. Well, it's also, you know, um, I, I hope there was a time when we would all sit around the dinner table and all have dinner together. And this is the sort of thing that maybe you don't have dinner together, but you can do together. You know, you can listen to it if you're going yeah. hiking together or in the car driving to sports together, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, I really appreciate you having me on to talk about it and, and everything that you do to provide such valuable insight and a support system for moms and dads with kids playing sports. Oh, thank, well, thank you. For you. You're, oh man, you're making yeah. amazing strides. Thank you very much. And I, I will just say girls. it's really important and, and to, to just underscore your point about listening to this type of content with your kids. We were uh, on the way home from my mom's house last night and I was I had a podcast interview that you did for a sports business journal. This was from like 2018 and I had it on because I was listening to it because I wanted to, you know, just learn everything that I could about you before we did this interview. And my son is in the back and they had been quiet the whole time. I actually thought they were asleep. And all of a sudden Collins goes, who is this lady talking? I really like her. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. And you, you were talking about, I can't remember what it was, but he started dying laughing and repeating one of the things that you said. And I just thought I need to have you listen to more of these because again, he's six years old. And so he's probably not processing all of it, but he was clearly dialed in and listening wow. and was totally taken by your interview. So I do think that's something that I, I haven't, I hadn't really thought about beforehand, but I'm like, I want to you, exposing your kids to this type of stuff is really important. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's funny because I didn't expect this would come up with Chelsea Clinton, but Chelsea's got three kids now. Her oldest, Charlotte, is eight and she's into everything. And then she's got two younger boys. They are a family of diehard soccer fans. And when when the World Cup's on, there are no restrictions on iPad time or anything <laughs> they watch together as a family. Wow. But she started talking about how her boys love women's soccer even more than men. 
and they are obsessed with Megan Rapinoe, who they call the lady with the pink hair. <laughs> we just started talking about, yes, this is a podcast about inspiring girls and young women, but it's also so critical for boys to have strong female role models. And that can very easily be in the form of an extraordinary female athlete who they flip on the TV and they see tennis or soccer or basketball or whatever it is. And it's just, I, yes. for all the things that I thought about talking to Chelsea Clinton about that, it wasn't, mm -hmm. it just, it organically came up, but, wow. yeah. but I thought she had a great point when she shared that. I couldn't agree more. And, and I think being intentional about that is, is Tell Colin I said, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Bonnie, we love you. Uh, yeah, thanks thank for you sharing so your mom with us. Lo I think, I think we could have, Lois should have her own podcast. She really should. I just want to say. That, um, that Dan Levitard show, um, I'm totally spacing and I don't think it's on anymore. The one that he had with his dad. dad. I'm like, uh, we should have had yes. a debate show between me and my yeah. mom and Dan and his dad. <laughs> between like his dad's accent and my mother's accent, like it would have been TV gold. I'm There's still time. Hey, yeah. not, not too late. And her accent is amazing. Her accent is amazing. Right. When she came yeah, on. I know. Mascara. Uh, and we didn't even get to talk about your, how many 24 crown awards for your hair. Yes. Oh my gosh. And honestly, God, looking back when I hear, think of Bonnie, I think of your beautiful, your hair. I'm like, the, the best these are the things that, that come up when you, you know. don't. Entirely too much research. <laughs> things, right? Yeah, research. we're trying to empower girls and not care. And then yeah. like, it's all about the hair. Yes, well it deserved. Is. Very well deserved. Congrats on your 24 crown awards for your amazing hair. Well deserved. I Way want that go. on my gravestone. I know we you will, will make sure. 24 yeah. crown awards and hopefully, you know, helped a few people along the way. Forget champion women and girls. Nope, we're going to talk about your hair. 100%. That's on your gravestone. Got oh, it. Oh, Bonnie, we love you. You are just <laughs> the absolute you. best. And right, ladies, have a great day. Appreciate Good luck it. with everything. Thanks. All right. See you soon. Bye-bye. Awesome. I know that when we started this podcast, we knew we were going to have great conversations with amazing women. And I just say, like, that was a full circle moment for me because I love Bonnie Bernstein. And yeah. now anyone who maybe didn't know a lot of her story or much about her, she, she's, she's the best. She really is amazing. And she reminds me of you in a, in oh, a all positive way. She the does. nicest compliment I could have had. Thank way you. better hair than you, but she <laughs> reminds me of you. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, mean, yeah, I didn't know about the crown awards. 24, not what? just one, not two, 24 crown awards. Okay, Come but on, did that. you, before you, game. before you researched yeah. Bonnie Bernstein for this episode. Did you know that there was such a thing as the crown awards? Like, is that a thing that I should I have been know striving about? to get a crown award. That's why I married Ed. I'm like, I have been doing my hair. I've been changing the color, the cut, the everything, everything. Not Do, one can award, I nominate not you? One. Like what's the, I don't know, um, but I've been trying I'm looking I mean, up right look. now. Yeah. It looks like we can, the nomination period, uh, closes in December for the upcoming okay, year. So, so I gotta, I got, I'll keep, I'll keep working. Just on it, keep so. doing whatever it is that you're doing because yeah. 20 but that is god love her bonnie bernstein a yeah. woman of After many everything many all her accomplishments that's what we're gonna that's, talk about nice yeah we're, we're the worst we're real we're the right worst here. yeah <laughs> but i do she has great hair i'm sorry she's got phenomenal oh, hair she among does. other things and i love her mom oh, i do too she's there's oh my gosh and they both started crying and they're both so they proud both of were crying. Was, oh my gosh it was just such a neat moment well, did you say cry. when when i said uh, when i asked like lois what do you most admire most about your daughter and then it was just dead for like 30 seconds which we'll probably cut that out so you don't have to listen to 30 seconds of dead yeah. air but, but it was, was collecting herself. She was like, collecting herself. Yes, and to... Bonnie goes, mom, yeah. you know, and she was collecting herself oh, because it was really. Yeah. And so that is a reminder to all of you. And we've said it on this podcast before, and I will never be able to say it enough times. We think that we tell the people that we love what they mean to us and what specifically we love and admire about them and how they've changed our lives. But I can guarantee you that you actually haven't done that in the way that you think you have. So this Mother's Day, like tell your mom or tell a mom in your life that has impacted you specifically as, yeah, any what it is. Life, yes. Yeah. Everything. Because it is so powerful. Yeah. And in both you and I talking, sitting down and talking with our moms, there yeah. were things that I learned from my interview with my mom that I did not know about her. And there were messages exchanged. And I think the same thing with you and your yeah. mom, I listened yeah. back to that and it's, it's powerful. It's really powerful and we don't make space for it. So absolutely. And on that note, Ashley, I love you. 
I absolutely admire you. You have phenom phenomenal hair, not as good as money <laughs> printing, but you do have really good hair. Really Thank you. good. Thank you. But I'm serious, Lisa, the, you saying that Bonnie, that I remind you of Bonnie is like the biggest compliment ever. So thank you for that. And I love you. I admire the hell out of you. And you, you have made me better in so many different ways. And I and can't believe we've been doing this for a year. I know July will be a year. July will be a year. Yeah, and it's, July. it is just amazing to think about all the different things we've learned and the conversations we've had. And it's been just the biggest gift mm. of my life. I tell people all the time, it's this this show fills a cup that I didn't even know I had. Like I didn't Same. even know I had this cup. It, you but. and this show have made my yeah. life better and more fulfilled. And I appreciate Aww. you and everything you do. And I admire you. The way you juggle your kids, your work, your husband, your life is admirable. It is. People have no idea what you do behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. You are amazing. Thank I, you, Lisa. That's why my hair sucks because I'm doing all that other stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah we'll work on that. <laughs> That's your two. That's your mom 2.0. Ashley gets better hair. Um, by the way, Big reminder, please, please, please yes. go listen, download to She Got Game. Uh, it is an unbelievable podcast. Bonnie is terrific. And go one step further because this actually really matters. I know people yeah. always say rate and review. It if she, And Bonnie told us when we signed off with her, make sure to remind your listeners because it does matter whether it or not Audible too. is going to pick it up for another season if there's going to be more guys, to come. Yeah. It matters. So it's go log into the Audible. In ears. If you yes. listen to it, you'll realize how good it is. The quality, the production, the all the bells and whistles are amazing. You just it makes you want to listen to more and more. So go down. Even if you don't listen to it, just go like it and write a nice comment because it's worth it. It's right we, gotta keep it. we we need to keep her show going it, for little girls do. of America. Amen. Amen to that. All right. Well, happy uh, Mother's okay. Day month, everyone. Yeah. Happy month of May. It's and our month. It's our it month. Our month. And next, bow down <laughs> up is going to be my mom's interview and your mom's yeah. interview. Oh, so wow. Those stay tuned, everybody. I love you, Lisa. Love you too. See you next week. Okay. Bye.